Hello and welcome to episode 45 of the Coin Press Podcast. I'm Luke Willis. Today I'm joined by Laura, the crypto tax girl. Laura is a CPA and cryptocurrency tax specialist. Laura launched one of the first US cryptocurrency tax firms in 2017 and has worked solely in the crypto space ever since, helping thousands of people from first-time crypto buyers to whales. And in this interview, we talk about context about Coinos and my specific situation for about the first third before we eventually get into her recommendations and uh, how to do your taxes if you're in the US. So without further ado, let's go. I wanted to talk through uh, my tax situation um, surrounding Coinos. Uh, and to give you a little bit of background, uh, this all started back in 2020 when people started mining uh, the coin token that was available as an ERC-20 on Ethereum. Okay. Um, I didn't participate in the mining of that, uh, but I purchased some on Uniswap as well as a lot of other people. Um, okay, sounds good. So um, I have some of these coin tokens and um, up until October of last year, things were pretty normal taxation wise. Um, on October 31st, they the team did uh, what was called a snapshot. So basically, they just recorded everybody's balances of this wallet holds this many coin. Um, okay. Five days later, the the Coinos mainnet brand new blockchain launched and uh, included that uh data about who owns how much in the creation of the blockchain um and so myself and others went in and claimed our new mainnet tokens based on our previous balance of the erc20 so okay so it's like a token swap where you got rid of your old coin and then just claimed the new technically speaking i still have the old erc20 um That's but it's not nothing. it's not worth anything yeah so like, okay. I, could, I could sell it for pennies, but it would not be valuable. Okay. Um, so yeah, so now I have the new token. Um, for a period of time there, uh, after the list, the, the creation of the blockchain, um, Coinos wasn't listed on any exchanges, so the coin didn't have a price. Um, it took a month-ish, I think a little bit over a month, uh, for a new... Uh, for Mexi to list Coinos. Um, okay. So now there's a price for it. Um, but in that month and continuing, I've been doing things and earning coin and, and all that. So um, we can get into- and how did you earn it? Uh, so I've earned coin from a couple different ways. One is basically like running a node um, mining okay. coin. Um, and that, mechanism is uh, instead of proof of work or proof of stake, it's proof of burn, where you actually destroy your coin. And then that gives you a new token. <laughs> and then, um, and that token is called VHP or virtual hash power. Okay, yeah, I saw that. I saw that here in your invite. Okay, the VHP. So you, so you take the node, you, do you have to have like a certain amount of coin tokens in order to create the node? There's no minimum. Um, you just have to have okay. a computer and you can run with as many or as few as you want. Having more is better. Okay. Yeah. So you give them coin tokens and then mm -hmm. you receive VHP. Is it like you receive it immediately or that's what you're receiving as the node rewards? Uh, so it's it's 
part of one transaction, like before you even start mining, you destroy your coin, you get VHP. And then every time you produce a block, it takes and burns some of your VHP and gives you the same amount of coin plus a little bit of profit. Okay, you so every time you create a block, some of the VHP that you originally received is gone, and now you get coin. Correct. Yep. Okay, a little confusing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you can think of it kind of like proof of work, where with proof of work you spend dollars and get computers, and then your computers, uh, you know, they depreciate or whatever. Right. You, oh, okay, so the VHP is like depreciating. Basically. Right. right, exactly. Okay, HP is the computer in this sense. Okay, that, that's a good analogy. Um, okay, so you get rid of the HP, and then now you're receiving back the coin, and then I guess like if you ever run out of the VHP, you just buy more with the coin, right? Uh, correct, yes. Yeah. So you just burn more coin and get more VHP and keep going. Yep. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, okay, perfect. So up to that point is pretty much like a like a normal person's uh, <laughs> involvement. Uh, beyond that, I, I've built a couple of DApps and um, earned some coin through those. Uh, so one, I created a mining pool. So basically, uh, I run a node just like we just described for proof of burn, and then mm -hmm. I have a smart contract where people deposit their VHP or coin. And then okay. they basically lend their virtual computer power uh, to this node. And then um, all the profits that come in from creating blocks gets distributed evenly across all the depositors. I so, see. Okay. Yeah. So I'm taking um, a 5% operator fee off the top on all the profits from everybody who's deposited. But other than that, it's decentralized. They're the only ones who have access to their tokens. I'm not, you know, taking Okay, so you're not like touching them. So we don't need to create like right. some sort of like partnership or any sort of really right. anything there. Yeah, it's really okay, just- Okay, so the only thing through the smart contract that you touch is your 5% profit. Correct, yep. Um, okay. And then the other thing I did was I created a, an NFT collection where I sold NFTs for coin. Okay. Um, and was that on like the Solana, ETH? That was on uh, Coinbase. Oh, that has its own NFT. Yeah, um, yeah okay, since, since it's all smart contract based, I just created an NFT smart contract there and deployed it. Oh, okay, cool. Nice. Okay, so. All right, so you have a lot going on. I do. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fun things. Um, is there anything else I need to know, or are those are kind of the main things? I think that's the bulk of it. <laughs> okay, I feel like I understand, luckily. Um, I mean, I feel like, yeah, there's, I, I obviously have been in this space for so long, so I feel like, oh, I've, you know, when I get on these consultations, I'm like, I've already heard of everything. But then, you know, sometimes I hear things that I haven't heard, like proof of burn, that's new to me. But yeah. <laughs> luckily, like the concept, like you said, is like similar to other things we have. So it's easy right. enough to understand. Exactly. But um, so where should we start? I guess let's start maybe with the um, notes or okay. so I guess let's go all the way back to the beginning. So you said you like bought some of this coin um, via Uniswap. So that itself will be a taxable event. You probably had already knew that or understood it because you probably sold like ETH for coin. Is that what happened? Right, exactly. So that trade itself is taxable. So the ETH, whether it's gone up or down in value, that's what's going to create the gain or loss. 
Um, and whether you've held it for more than a year or less than a year, that'll determine whether it's a long-term capital gain or short-term capital gain. But every time that you sell, trade, or spend um, mm -hmm. any sort of token, that's all a taxable event that's going to result in a gain or loss. So acquiring the coin because it was purchased with another cryptocurrency, that's going to become a taxable event. But then whatever the value of the ETH was on that day, that gets assigned to the coin as the cost basis of the coin. Okay. Um, and then when it launched the mainnet, you said you were earning some coin between when it was like you received when you claimed those tokens and then when it was listed. Were you earning those through the proof of burn, or there was there another way that you earned them? Um, it was both the the proof of burn, the uh, the five percent fee that I take on the pool, and the uh, the NFT sale. Those were all before. Oh, so all happening before it yep. was listed yeah oh i see okay so um well and let, let's just quickly also discuss what happens when the the mainnet launched so this most likely i would just see as like a token swap like whatever the value was of the old coin mm -hmm. now the new coin would take on that value and same also with the holding period sure. so even though it didn't launch until i think you said october right um, whenever you originally had acquired it, let's say that was like July or whenever, a few months earlier, it'll just be seen as if you had always purchased that original mainnet coin, really. Right. Okay. Um, I mean, you could just see this as a trade and, you know, there could be an argument there because you were still holding the old token, but the old token like immediately lost value when the new one was listed. So I think it makes sense to see this as like a token swap. Um, so I yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, I um, was also very intentional not to sell my my old tokens because I didn't want it to look like there were now two different assets. So yeah, in that case, that would be like a fork. Like if there was like two assets and like they both kind of remained valuable, sure. then that would be more like seen as a fork. And then forks are supposed to be included as income separately. Gotcha. But um, in this case, yeah, I would just do a token swap and just the old one is dead the new one continues cool. um and then the time between when it was launched and when it was listed or slash all the time before because when you purchased it on uniswap though it had to have had a value there but then mm -hmm. were you not able to purchase it on uniswap between the time when the mainnet launched and when it was listed on mexi or Correct. Yeah. So, so Uniswap's just for the Ethereum network. So, since this was a, a new blockchain, um, oh right, of course, doesn't yeah. have its own DEX. Doesn't it wasn't listed anywhere? But yeah, it took a little while to get there. I see. Oh, because it used to be ERC twenty, then the mainnet. So then the mainnet itself couldn't be listed until it hit Mexi. Okay. Right. So in that case, the time between when you're um, earning tokens, regardless of how they were earned, um all of them should be included as income. However, what value to include them as income, right? Right. Um, so the, the IRS guidance says that you should include things as income um, at the time that you have dominion and control over them to the point mm -hmm. where you can sell, spend, um, trade, or otherwise dispose of it. That's like what the verbiage says there. Sure. So in that case, you do have the dominion and control over these tokens that you're receiving, but there is no way to sell, spend, trade, or otherwise dispose of it, right? Right, right. So I would not include as income at that time, or I would just include as zero income. So there's kind of like two options here. Again, this is all like kind of gray area. There's obviously nothing specific about this sure. in the guidance. 
is also new. So you would have two options here. One, you could just all the tokens that you received in between that time period, that like one month, mm-hmm. you could just say, yeah, I received these tokens, but they're all going to have a zero cost basis. So then at the time when you sell them, they're just going to realize the full gain to whatever the amount is right. um, or send them. Or the alternative is to just wait until like Mexi um, listed it. And then on that day, whenever there's like a stable price um, established for it, you would say, oh, you know, I've earned, I don't know, let's say a thousand tokens. I don't know if that's like high or low, but let's just say I earned a thousand tokens in this last month, Mm -hmm. whatever the price was, I'll just assign that all to the thousand tokens at this point. And I'll include income on this day because at this point I'm now able to sell trade spend or otherwise dispose of it. So you could do that too. I would, but then also if you're going to hold them for more than or less than a year, it doesn't matter which way you do it because whether you do income of, let's say those thousand, let's say they each have a $1 cost basis. So Mm -hmm. you can include a thousand dollars of income and then let's say you sell them a month later um, for $2,000, they've doubled in price. Um, then you'll have a thousand dollars of income, a thousand dollars of gain. If right. you would have had not done anything before and just treated them all as zero dollar cost basis, you would have zero dollars of income, but then you'll have a two thousand dollar gain. So either way, you're gonna have two thousand dollars recognized, either split half income, half gain, or just all gain. Um, but if it's not long term, a short-term gain and income are treated the exact same way. They're both taxed the same way, so it doesn't really matter. Cool. So okay. that's what I have to say about that. Um, okay, the next, the proof of burn stuff. So how I would treat this is um, when you purchase the VHP with the coin, that'll be a taxable event because you're spending the coin to purchase the VHP. Okay. Um, and then... The VHP, every so I'm trying to think of, I would probably treat those as expenses. So every time you, uh, let me just think. So you would use the coin tokens by VHP, but then when you receive, there's kind of a few different ways I guess you could do this. Like you could just do these as trades, like Mm You trade coin for VHP, and then on the alternative, you trade VHP back for coin as you receive these. Or you could like treat the VHP as like an asset, mm-hmm. um, like kind of how you mentioned. Um, it could be like a computer, you know, kind of thing. So you could say like, I paid five thousand dollars for this VHP, and it slowly depreciates. So like, I pay five hundred dollars at a time every month or whatever it is to right, receive right. more coin. And those can be treated as like expenses. Um, so there's kind of a little bit of flexibility there in the way that you do it. Um, I'm not, again, you know the project a little better, so you would know what makes most sense. But um, yeah, but when you receive the coin, you could, uh, get, yeah, so you could like trade the VHP back for coin if you wanted and just do these all as trades. Mm-hmm. Or you can have VHP be an expense and then all the coin be income as you receive it. So it's sure. kind of like either way. Okay, I can see that. So, um, okay, so I, I follow what you're saying. So either you say, um, I am swapping coin for VHP. So that's like a, mm-hmm. like, like a purchase of VHP. Uh, and then 
I'm repeatedly swapping VHP for coin. So that's like a purchase right. of coin plus profit. Um, or the the alternative, let, let me see if I understood that the, other, the alternative correctly. Um, you're saying that I could uh, treat the the burning of coin as like a loss. And then as the VHP converts back to coin, you say that's all profit, right? Um, not necessarily. So I would treat the coin that you burn as a spend because um, mm -hmm. you are spending that to buy VHP essentially, right? So I would treat that as a spend so you'll have a taxable event on the coin. Um, whatever the value was, so let's say that was $5,000 that you burned. Mm -hmm. um, you now have an asset, which is VHP, that is worth $5,000. And then you could, like you said, depreciate it. Like this could be, the VHP is like the note expense, basically. Sure. And then you could do the 179 election, depreciate it all at once, or you could depreciate over time. Like every time you create the block, you could have a little expenses, the VHP that like you slowly take. Right. Um, and then you'll have coin income as you receive those. So you could do either way. Like I would probably, what I would do, if, I mean, if you're my client, I would like have you send me like the CSV or the API or however, like you um, have the records of this. And then I would kind of see how it comes through. And if it like kind of shows up as trades and that's easy to match up, let's do that. If it shows as individual transactions, let's do it that way. Just whatever is not going to create like tons of accounting work and headache because they're both going to, again, lead to like somewhat of the same thing. Right. Yeah. It's, um, it'd probably be easier to depreciate on like a, you know, a periodic basis. Um, okay. Because it's like blocks are every three seconds. So if you oh, produce yeah. a block, like that's going to get, there's going to be a lot oh of Oh my those. gosh. So uh, many trades. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that makes sense to me. Um, so in that case, I have one extra clarifying question. So with the v the coin, is the coin accumulating every three seconds? Yeah. So every time you produce a block and you're the one that produces the block, you burn like one VHP and get like one point whatever coin. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, because that is going to be an, even an accounting headache to have yeah. one, 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 one coming in. Right, right. So, do you like? Does those all immediately go into? Do all those coin rewards like immediately go into your wallet, or do they like? Is there like a main coin node platform where it stays on, and then like whenever it hits a certain amount, then you claim it? Right. So for me, because I'm running my own node, it all like stays um like I, I have control over it. Um oh. but if you're using a pool like the one that I made, then right. what what's actually happening is you're putting your coin in and you're getting a different token that you can cash in at any time. And that balance doesn't ever go up or down. So yeah. while the balance in the pool goes up, you can um you can basically at any time say I want to cash in the tokens that I bought for coin. Like a placeholder token, yeah. Exactly, yeah. I see. So hmm. it's probably easier if you're in a pool, right? Yeah, because in your case, like technically the IRS says when you have dominion and control, you should include those as income. Right. So, I mean, if you're able to like easily export that from like a CSV, we can easily upload it into like, we use coin tracking, just one of these like um, 
crypto tax softwares. Mm -hmm. You could upload all those. And so though it would be a ton of transactions, I mean, it could still pull the value. Or right. like, I mean, we could also just consolidate it by like day. I mean, at some point you have to like, yes, there's the guidance, but like if we do it every three minutes, you're gonna have so many transactions. So maybe let's just say, you know, let's sum it up by day. And then it's like, you know, on this day I received X amount. Right. And so you'll have one transaction per day. That's a little more reasonable. Um, so okay. yeah, it's like, again, this is all like a slightly gray area, but it's, sure. I mean, the IRS says at the time you receive it is when you're supposed to include the income. So it's like, does that mean the exact time or like right, right, right. can the whole day be the time? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. And, Cause I'm, I'm so, not going to be selling every three seconds or anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And then for the people though, that are in like your pools, so when they give coin and receive the placeholder token, I would treat that kind of like as a loan of the coin. Hmm. So okay. the coin goes in and then the placeholder is like the, like what they receive kind of like in, in exchange for the loan. Right. Um, Cause I wouldn't treat the coin as a taxable event at that point. So I would just do that more as like a loan. And so that's mm -hmm. not a taxable event. And then when they cash it back in, then they'll get, let's say they put in a hundred coin and then they pull out 150 they'll do that's sure. like a repayment of the loan plus 50 of it is income is how gotcha. I would treat that. And then on your end, obviously all the 5% that you'll get, just include that all as income as you get it. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Interesting. And then with your dApps, I mean, as you earn coin through the dApps, like that's all going to be income as well. Same like mm -hmm. at the time you receive it. And then with NFTs, um, NFTs are a little different because you were the creator. Like if you were like a buyer and seller of NFTs as an investment purpose, that would be different. Right. But because you're the creator, did you have any like expenses associated with your NFTs? Um, just my my own effort. <laughs> yeah, I didn't spend anything for the code um, or the art. I mean, I gave uh, an NFT to the artist. Um, okay. So in that case, like, these should technically be like self-employment expenses mm -hmm. um, or self-employment self income. And then if you had expenses, it would be self-employment expenses. But um, because you don't have any expenses, it'll, you'll just have the income then. So whatever you ended up like selling this NFT collection for, that will be considered income. Sure. Okay. And then that income becomes your cost basis of those the coin that you will then hold so that when you later sell it, you'll either have the gain or loss on that. Gotcha. Okay. Makes sense. So hopefully that makes sense. I know that's a lot of info. You might have to like go back and listen to this <laughs> and like slow it down because I kind of just was like trying to give you as much info I could all right. at once. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Yeah. And hopefully this is helpful to people listening too. So really appreciate yeah, your time. Hopefully. This is great. Yeah, no problem. And if anyone else like has a similar situation or they're like, mine's kind of similar, but a little different. I want to hear how mine would be taxed. Totally happy to help, you know, anyone else who uh, wants to book a consultation or they need help with like, you're like, hey, I understand how it's done, but I don't want to like do it myself. Can I just give you the data? Like, yeah, we can do that as well. So either way. Cool. Good deal. All right, Laura. Okay. Well, it's great chatting with you. Good you luck too. with all of your different projects you have going on. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, and yeah, we'll uh, hopefully be in touch. Um, we'll see <laughs> how well I can get through these on my own. <laughs> okay. Good luck. Yeah. And if you do need help, if you need me to um, calculate any of it for you or prepare your return or even review it after you've done it, just let me know. 
Uh, we just charge hourly. It's 500 an hour. So happy to look over it at any point if needed. Great. All right. Thank you, Kay. Laura. Thanks, Luke. Nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. Take Bye. care. Well, if you're in the US and you would like to work with Laura for your crypto taxes, I've provided a link in the show description to her website where you can find out more about her services. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Join me next week for the CoinPress podcast. Bye for now.